0: Stay with me? Because, you know, I know we got we got a lot going on, and sometimes when we leave full throttle worship, worship, and then we, we hear the Word, sometimes, you know, it's like we're amped up, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're just went talking and, and here the deal is we can miss something that God wants you to hear. I, I don't believe that God keeps me up all night, pouring these words on Dad, or, or whoever else, you know, that's been sharing, or will share, you know, I don't think He does that for just no reason. I believe that it's for us to hear. And so uh, I believe it all my heart. So we're going to be rolling as brief as we can. I make no promises. But I do promise you that I'll do my best not to take too much of your time today. Are you ready for the Word? Yeah. All right. Uh, Lincoln, I need you to help me rapid fire. I'm going to read one scripture off the beginning. Talk a second. Hit the main text. And then we're going to see what the Holy Spirit does, okay? I can give you many messages or many scriptures on gratitude or thankfulness, okay? I just picked one, Psalm 106.1. Because it's real short to the point and I like it. But I can honestly, if you Google Bible verses about thankfulness or gratefulness, you can come up with all kinds in both testaments of words about being grateful, about how important it is. And I'm going to show you today in the Scripture to Jesus how important your gratitude is. It's more important, my gratitude is more important than we make it out to be. Sometimes we make it out all these other things and we forget how powerful gratitude is. Psalm 106.1 Praise the Lord! Have you been praising the Lord this morning? Well, in that controversial Some churches don't believe in praising the Lord I don't know, but I believe the whole Bible It says praise the Lord You can praise in different ways But you need to praise the Lord Give thanks to the Lord Do you thank God? Why? Why do you give thanks to God? For He is good. Do you give thanks to God because He gave you a new car? Maybe, but not necessarily. You just give thanks to God because He's good. Do you give thanks to God because you win a million dollars? You should, but you give Him thanks when you don't have a dollar in your pocket. You give Him thanks because He's good. His faithful love endures forever. Amen. Yeah. i got more scripture in a second, but that's all I wanted to share at the beginning. I wanted to talk just a second about my favorite holiday and get right in the scripture. It's Thanksgiving. How many know Thanksgiving this week? Yeah. You know what Thanksgiving came from. You know when we started Thanksgiving. Tell me. It's When did we start that? Huh? That's where we based it on. The holiday was not a federal holiday in 1941, FDR, did you know that? So we think this has been going on for 400 years. It's actually been going on about 80, okay? But, but George Washington in 1789 did call a national Thanksgiving one day, November 26, 1789, and Lincoln did in the Civil War did November 26, 1863. So we have had days of Thanksgiving, but it became an official holiday before Thursday starting 1941. And it does relate back, Mikey, to Massachusetts. Now, understand this. There's thanksgivings all over the world, and theirs doesn't relate to Massachusetts. They have in other countries, too. But ours, we think about Massachusetts because what happened was in 1621. These dates are interesting, Dad. Did you know that? Some things happened in the 1600s. And so in 1621, stay with me. these, these, These Puritans, you know what Puritans are? Pilgrims, you know what Puritans are? What are they? Tell them about it. What do they do? Why were they here? Why were they they here? Religious persecution. Where did they come from? England. So we think of religious persecution. We think of uh, Muslim countries or countries where they kill people for being Christian. They were being persecuted in England. A Christian nation. By a guy, I bet you've heard of him. I'm going to shock you guys. Somebody's going to get mad at him before over. Oh, His name's King James. <laughs> See what? Did you know that? King James was the one persecuting the Pilgrims. And they ran off from England. You know what he was doing? He was trying to make one church one Bible. That's just the truth. He wanted the whole country to have one church called the Church of England. You didn't, he didn't want you to worship God any other way. And you weren't allowed to use any the Bible but his Bible. Because it was the king's Bible. And so the Puritans, the pilgrims said, we don't think man should tell us how to worship. And we're not, like Daniel, we're not bowing to a king. We're not bowing to a king. But we are going to worship God the way we want to worship God. And if we have to get on a boat and go across the ocean and face death and persecution, then we will worship God the way Holy Spirit tells them to worship God. I'm telling you, there's still a religious spirit that wants to persecute you and tell you how to worship your God. But if you have to give on a boat, or you have to go on a mountain or you have to hide in a basement, I'm here to tell you, worship God the way Holy Spirit tells you to worship God. So I'm not preaching against that. I'm just telling that's the truth. That's where the Puritans came from. See the date? Everybody will tell you those dates. 1621 was the date they came here. They came here. And so in 1620, they actually they had to go across the sea, and that first winter they lost half their people. So could you imagine? Now we're not doing this. We're not James T- Jonestown or whatever that was. We're not going to what's that place down there in South America? We're not going there. Okay? I love those rumors. I ain't running from them. I ain't never told nobody what to do. I ain't never told nobody what to do, right? Have I ever made you do so? Have I asked you to give me anything? Anyway. So they packed up. you be know, like us packing up, get on a boat. And we try to go find a place where we can worship God. And half of us die before we get a year in. Half of this room dead. Half of them died. They didn't make it through the winter. There was disease. Check this out, guys. Uh, 78% of the women, sorry, passed away the first year. 78% of the women It'd be hard to get a date, I'm telling you. (laughs) Hard. (laughs) And so, they made it to that first winter. and they finally planted a crop that was those that were left. Can you imagine being that dedicated to your belief and your passion and your God? That you would go through all that just to take a chance to find hope. There's people in this room, life is dangerous. And you battled and you've seen people die. You've looked death in the face. But you're still going because there's a hope that tomorrow will be a better day. And they planted a crop that spring and by the fall, they got to harvest their first crop. They finally started seeing some fruit. Sometimes, guys, it takes some while to see some fruit. We come to an altar, and you think everything's going to be hunky-dory, and then the devil fights back. And then you, you struggle a little while, and then there's this ups and downs, and you see things, and you feel let down, and you start to question yourself. And you don't know, and you want to quit, you think about quitting, but something inside you says, just keep going, and you keep going. And then finally, at some point, you start seeing a little hope, and then finally, at some point, you see fruit. Yes. And they saw fruit. And so they had a, a party. In a very dangerous situation. And I know, I know, I know, I know down there our, our days today you can't say a lot about some things some people won't even celebrate, that's fine. You do what you want to do. But that moment, the Native Americans and the Puritans got together and they had dinner. And they celebrated a few days of peace and unity and hope. And I know it didn't work, it didn't always turn out that way down the road, but for those moments, there was unity and thanksgiving. And they thank God. And so that, that's what, that's right, Mikey. That's where we get up our Thanksgiving. And that's what we talk about. But it's become more than that. We, we're really not thanking God anymore for making it through the winter. Maybe we should thank God for making it through the winter. But, but really, what we're thanking God for now, we take a day. Or we should take every day. Every day should be Thanksgiving. Every single day should be Thanksgiving. But we take one day and we set it aside and we say nothing else is going to be important today. Except thanking God for His blessings and for our family and for His provisions. And so we get together and we we don't work, most of us. and, and, And we just spend time with God and the people who matter. With God and the people who matter. The people we don't spend enough time with. The people that we don't the other days of the year that we just don't have time for. 'Cause we got too much do. <laughs> and we spend time with those people, and it becomes something about unity and purpose and rest and love and pumpkin pie and football, right? But Thanksgiving is a wonderful time. It's my favorite holiday because there's not all the hustle and bustle. It's just me and my family talking and spending time together, and they're stuck with me. They can't go nowhere. And I love it. And I love it. Best day of my life will be everything's I hope it's your best day. But so so if we look into why do we do Thanksgiving today, I have this question are you thankful this morning? Are you thankful this morning? Are you truly thankful this morning? Do we act like we're thankful? Does our lives reflect their gratitude and their thankfulness? I want to look real quick in Scripture. Luke 17, Gospel of Luke 17, verse 11. Luke 17, verse 11. Famous Scripture, but it's an odd Scripture in this sense. One, it's not a parable. It's a real event. Understand this. Listen to me. Jesus teaches in parables a lot of times. This is not a parable. This really happens. Okay? Number two, it's kind of stuck in an unusual place, isn't it? Like it doesn't go along with everything, it's just right there. But if Jesus would tell us this lesson, or put this story in here in the Bible, in one of four Gospels. Jesus gives us four Gospels, He also gives us Acts, where there's red letters in Revelation, there's red letters, and the whole other Bible is full of God's Word. But there's only four Gospels, and He takes time to give a whole story of this one event. So I think it's important. And it's an event where Jesus is walking. So I'm going to start reading. I'm going to read 11 through 14 right now. Are you ready? Are you still with me? Yeah. Are you still thankful? Yeah. All right. as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee, Galilee, and Samaria. As he entered a village, I'm closer to him, there, ten men were of leprosy. Stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Hold on right there, one moment. All right, let's talk. Number one, why were the men in the distance? You can sit down. We're going to talk a bit. Why were the men in the distance? Huh? Tell me out, why were they in a the distance? This side over here. I'm not full done here, I'm to sit in people's like, Tell me out, why were they in a the distance? They, they, nobody wanted to be around them, because you know what, there's a law too. Like, you know, like they could be, like, be arrested, you know, they didn't really, they just kill them, probably stoned them, but you know, they could be arrested. This was a big deal. Because they didn't want this disease to spread to the rest of the people. So why not they were just mean to be mean? There was a purpose to their being mean. They didn't want the disease to spread. You guys remember when COVID came out? If somebody who had COVID a year ago come in, the place would scatter. (laughs) Oh, I'm not going there. Anyway. So, these men were standing in a distance. Did you know holy men couldn't talk, couldn't interact with them, couldn't touch them? In fact, nobody could touch them. In fact, if they were to touch this table, this table would be burned. They couldn't have any rights. They were together for a reason because there were ten of them. You know why there were ten of them? Because that's the only people that could be around. And so a priest could not see them unless they had been healed by God. Then they would go to a priest. So they stood in a distance, and they're not healed. They're unclean. They would have had no right really to talk to a priest. They had no right to talk to anybody. You ever felt that way? I have. i walk walked through stores where if I see anybody I know, I'm not them now. But I'm saying, I've been at places in my life, and you have too. You see somebody, you know, it's not that you don't like them. You'll take another hour. Because you feel like a leper. Because you feel unclean. Because you don't want to face it. And so so these men yelled out to Jesus. And Jesus did something very interesting. He told them to do two things. Listen up. Two. Say two. He told them to go to the priest. Does that make sense? Number one, you can't go to the priest unless you're already clean. Catch this. He told them to go to the priests. But you're not allowed to go to the priest unless you're already clean. What he was telling them is, turn and start walking. And you believe in faith right now that before you get there, you're going to be clean. Amen. Amen. He told them. He this situation inside you—it is going to change before you even get there. Yeah. So he told them, "One, have faith. Say, have faith. Have, faith. have faith." He told them to believe what they couldn't see. Their skin was gnarled. I don't know if you know about leprosy. Like your nose starts, it rots off. Your ears drop off. You have fingers and body appendages that just fall off. It's a horrible disease. These guys would have looked horrible. They would have been in pain. Mentally scarred. Physically scarred. Disfigured inside and out. And they would have had the faith faith to listen to a guy. Listen, there was no Bible. They weren't followers of Jesus. They weren't followers of anybody. They are in a leper colony. It's doubtful they never heard him preach. They may have heard of him, but it's doubtful they never heard him preach unless they were illegally doing it. They were just desperate enough. They saw this guy. And they cried out in desperation, Please, Master, heal me. Have you been there? Well, you didn't know what the solution was. But you were desperate enough. Just cry out, God, He will So, He told them to have faith and to do what the Bible says. <laughs> and so, 10 of them left. So, 10 of them, listen to this. All 10 that's a pretty good, if I get on, I call every single person to him. i said, say, all right, man, God was good today. All 10 did what Jesus told them to do first. All 10 had enough faith. Because you know some people honestly cynically would have said go see the priest. They won't see me Jesus. Look at me. (laughs) Can't you see I messed up? Go see the priest. We invite people to church all the time and some come and some say I'll work some things out and I'll be there. Heard that recently didn't you? Let me work a few things out. I'm still a leper. And the priest won't see me. (laughs) All ten of them left. Hold on to hope. That they'd be healed before they got to the priest. That takes faith. But they didn't know Jesus. There was no Bible or New Testament. And they hadn't heard him preach. So what really drove their faith? But Jesus that drove their faith. It was desperation of their circumstance that drove their faith. Of course they were passionate. They were desperate of their circumstance. God, I need out of this mess. I'll do anything. I'll praise. i am going to church 40 days. Then they had to go do what the Bible said to do, but I wasn't going to read it all, but because of time, I'm not going to read it all. I was going to read it all just to show you how much they had to do. What these guys are supposed to do, and paraphrase it, they go to the priest once they're healed. He examines them. He does a ceremony with birds and hyssops and all this stuff. And then if they're still clean looking, then they go to their tent, but they can't go inside their tent. That's their home. They have to sleep outside their home. They had to shave all their head and eyebrows and body hair and all this for seven days. Then they go see the priest again. He does some other ceremony. And then they have to shave again. And then if they're still healed, they have to go buy some some lambs and do this and that. They get blood, they put them on their earlobe, their thumb, their toe, and all this, and oil, and there's this whole thing you can read about in Leviticus 14. It takes days. It takes days have to do all of this stuff before they're clean. And before anybody can interact with them. So it'd be like Shane being here today. instead that Shane getting to say, good luck, Shane. Come back after you do all this junk. Do all this stuff. Yeah. And then you hang out with us. Here they are they're healed. Their skin looks good. They can't hug their feet. Things right, and so that's why, but that's what the Bible says, that's what Leviticus says we do. So Jesus said, Do it. So, ten of them go off and get healed and go towards the priest, but one of them never made it to the priest. But the Bible said, Go to the priest, and Jesus told him, Go to the priest. But one of them never made it to the priest. I'm going to read this. 15, verse 15, Luke 17, 15. One of them, one, say one. One, one out of ten, that's a pretty good percentage. Ten percent. One out of ten, when he, when he saw he was healed. Not after the priest, seven days and 14 days and two shavings and two lambs and blood on your toe and this uh, After he saw he was healed. When he saw he was healed, nine kept booking it and one started shouting, praise God. he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet Jesus told him to go do what Leviticus said but this boy was so passionate he just ran back and fell in his master's feet understand he just broke the Bible Just broke what the Bible said he was supposed to do. He wasn't supposed to do that. Leviticus says, Don't do that. But he did it. He thanked him for what he done. Now, guess this. Maybe this is the key. This man was a Samaritan. This man was despised before he was ever a leper. This man was the wrong religion. This man was the wrong race at the time. This man was the wrong everything. This man didn't know the rules. He didn't know Leviticus 14. He didn't have a priest. He just knew that somebody just changed his life. And he was pumped up. Next verse lady. Jesus asked. I want you to pay attention to Jesus' attitude. Jesus told all ten of them to go see the priest. But I want you to ask if Jesus seemed happy here. That's exactly or if Jesus right. didn't seem disappointed. Exactly right. Kind of weird, did not Josh? Jesus said, go see a priest. Nine of them did. He was disappointed. Jesus asked, did not heal ten me?" Where the other night has no one returned to give God glory except this foreigner? I think sometimes service is all over. I think I don't know this. I'm, I'm not trying to say this is gospel, but that I, I know 100% that Jesus. I'm just saying. I wonder if Jesus says, "Didn't I give 100 miracles in this room?" Didn't I get 200 miracles in this room? Didn't I get 1,000 miracles in this room? Where's my praise? Why is only one in 10 giving me praise back? Why did only one fall at my feet? (laughs) Has no one returned to give glory to God except this morning? Does Jesus seem happy about this situation? Or does Jesus seem troubled? But not obeyed what the Bible said. But they missed his heart. I can tell you something. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to start no war against any other religion. But Muslims are more holy than anybody in this room as far as what they do and don't do. They'll spend a whole month and won't eat. And I'm talking about when I had kids in school, little kids in school, they wouldn't eat. For a month, they could eat at night when the sun was down. They keep rules. But where's the heart? Last verse. And Jesus said to this man, I want you to pay attention to this. Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. The actual Greek word he uses is your faith has made you whole. In the passion, it actually says your faith has healed you and you are saved. Because that's what the Greek word says. This is one of the few occasions in the New Testament the thief on the cross is another and there's a couple more where actually Jesus tells somebody before the cross that he seems to impute salvation before the cross. Remember what he told the thief? He hadn't even died yet, but he said to Today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus tells this man, your faith has healed you and made you whole and his passion says saved you. Nine got healed. Ten got healed. One got saved. <laughs> there is no salvation under the law. Nine obeyed the law. One had a heart for Jesus and he found salvation. There is salvation in the heart of the king. There is salvation in the heart of the king. There is salvation in the heart of the king. So I ask this question. Obviously, so, what brought why did Jesus give this guy salvation or wholeness? He gave all of them healing. So why did he give this guy salvation or he'll hold Help me, why? He didn't tell the other ten. Why? You mean gratitude and thankfulness is that much of a deal? That, that was what triggered salvation for this guy? Whoa, that'll blow your theology out the roof. Say nothing, I ain't saying nothing, just reading it. you take what you want. <laughs> so I ask you this question real quickly, quick as I can. Why do you think the other nine didn't come back? I mean, don't you think it's a pretty big deal that your hands are all rotted off and you can't be around anybody, you can't work. You can't make a living. You can't love nobody. You can't kiss nobody. You can't touch nobody. You can't talk to nobody. You can't do nothing. Just, why? You, it's a big deal, don't you think? Then why did only one come back? Why was only one great? Would you, huh? Maybe. Huh? Could be. I think there's a couple possibilities. I think over here we're right on one of them. That's my first one I noticed. I, I think one thing that could be just following the rules. They could, not, they could miss his heart for the rules. Because Jesus told them to do what the Bible said. They knew what the Bible said. The Bible said, go do this. And that's what they did.
1: But they didn't have the heart.
0: I think that's number two. Number two was what if they just weren't grateful meaning this. I said earlier. That there's no way they really had faith in Jesus yet, not full mature faith. Can I tell you something? The first time you come above an altar, yep. there's no way you have a mature love affair and faith in Jesus yet. That's exactly what. If, can we be real? Yeah, exactly. You're excited and you're interested and you're all, and then you're, something drove you there. But it can't say it's mature can't we, well, Josh? I think that's why we get so confused sometimes why people mess up. It's like they come to the altar, we come to the altar. A lot of times we are passionate, but our circumstances drives our desperation, which drives our passion. And so it's a circumstantial passion. We need God, so we're pumped up. But then when we don't need God as bad, this when I grew up, I needed God every night because I was afraid the rapture would come and I got saved every night. But the next day at school I wasn't scared no more, so I played with my buddies and did what I wanted. Because I wasn't scared no more. And the fear didn't drive my desperation. Anybody relate to that? Sometimes I just wonder if once they got their miracle, Mom, they weren't desperate anymore. a girl, I gotta see. That's the first thing I'm gonna do. I got a boy, I wanna see a girl. I wanna go in and flee that and young. That's what I wanna do. It becomes about us, yes. and not about gratitude. Yes. And there's a transition that has to happen when you transition between infatuation to mature love. And you lose a lot in that. You lose most in that. You probably lose 9 out of 10 in that. Yeah. Because when the fear is gone, you still have the passion. Yes. Or was it just fear? you got to want him. That's right. Not a solution to your It's more than that. It's got to be to sustain you. So these. It's possible, as mom suggested. It's possible some of you suggested they're just religious and that's what they need to do. Maybe so. But it's also possible that maybe, just maybe, that they were and lost their passion once they received their miracle. And maybe there's people in this room, if you're honest, that you get really pumped up to help you get through that situation. But when that situation passes. You feel the mood. Like a horse. and you Anybody get me? Anybody feel, feel what God's saying to you? And if you struggle with that. I'm here to tell you. Don't have to be that way. Because it starts with remembering the miracle. That brought you to your knees in the beginning. And being grateful for that miracle sometimes we're like little kids that get our Christmas present. We're so pumped up. We got the one we won. We unwrap it. But by December 28th, I'm already looking through the book. Seriously, y'all. I'm on y'all. I'm on y'all. Here's a robot book, boys. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you need to look it up. You're already looking for the next one because you're not thankful for that one. It's on to the next one. Sometimes we're mir- that way of miracles. Yesterday's miracle just wasn't good enough. Now I need another one. I'm not thankful for that one. Anymore. I've lost the excitement for that miracle. that changed my life. that brought me to my knees. Do you remember your miracle? God, when you had goosebumps because all you needed was to sleep through the night, He's still that big a God. But He's still there wanting relationship with you. And that fear may not drive you in His lap, but I pray the love and passion will start by driving you yeah. in His lap. As you transition to mature love, because the greatest love is mature love. I can think of no better love as an example to me than my parents. Now, Dad is going to be 70 years old in a week in a month. (laughs) That mom is 30 years younger than you. Can I share something with you? I'm not going to diss on that. I'm going to brag on emma But Dad doesn't clean his truck out now every day. <laughs> When's the last time you clean, went and took and washed it, and he took, hit the tub it's Several months. And yeah, some of y'all can be real in here. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> We're asking <laughs> Listen up. Come back to come back A lot of times they fall asleep on the couch together. Can I get real? Yes. Oh, y'all don't, do you? You're 70 and you Woo! <laughs> Is that alright? Sometimes they just hold each other. Love each other. Sometimes they hold hands. Y'all get a little comfortable right now. But this is my parents. Y'all know how I feel right now. Don't worry. God looks good. Here's what I'm trying to say, okay? That love looks different than the number 16. It just does. In fact that Proverb really wants did know what love. 16. They were they were they were in much infatuated with the other person. And all these little teenagers that we're talking about, they get their hearts broken, they just cry. It's just the worst thing they ever do. I'm talking 15, I've just had life, it's over age. I told that boy on text for a whole month. I don't mean to make fun because of that little child that is a big deal. But there's no way the love they had there. And maybe when they got themselves in a the pickle, I don't get all that, but they got themselves a little pickle. Maybe the desperation of that pickle had with choice, run or get close, and they got close. Thank God they got close. Okay. Yep. But you know what? The love they have now is a billion, 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 billion times more than what they had at 16 when he couldn't just car out every night. And you steamed off the train. hoo! he was so, You want to know what real love is? See, my grandmother, Potter, sitting night after night in a hospital holding my grandfather's hand. You know what? That's love she wasn't there because she was scared. She was there because she was unquestionably loyal and devoted to that man. Gratefulness takes you to mature love. It takes you past the gasoline fire that we all see when we see a new believer. And thank God for the gasoline fire. It's sweet. It's cute. It's awesome. But we have to help disciple that person as they transition from the fear of where they are now to a mature love affair with Jesus. That's yes. Because that's where we lose them. That's where we lose them. Yeah. And so, 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 are you still grateful for yesterday's miracles? Yes. Yes. My grandmother, I'm out. I'm finished. But my grandmother, almost. My grandmother, after my grandfather died, Reynolds. Uh, wow. How many years they married, Dad? Sixty? Sixty something. Sixty-three, thank you, Mom. Stay with me almost finished. sixty-three years of marriage. And you know, and, and and I know my grandfather at times must have been a pretty crappy guy at times. The grandpa I knew was a hero to me, because he, he had mellowed some, but, and, and I know it's probably not like, you know. a lot of my memory, my, my recollection is dad's memories, and, and, and I know that's accurate, but what I mean is, as a child, you probably don't see everything. Right? There's probably more sides than we know. Probably more to it. Doesn't excuse it, but there's probably a lot of stuff. But my grandfather was tough. And he did bad things at times. But they stayed together for 63 years and by the end it got pretty good, I guess. You know what? But they were still kind of strong. My grandpa was just John Wayne. I mean he was just John Wayne on about 400 milligrams of test a week. I mean he was just I mean he just sweated testosterone. I mean he he, he was one he said he would he would go get steak and he would cut off all the fat and eat it, so that's what gives you makes you a man, you know. And he Called me out if I didn't want to eat all that fat, you know. Now I'll start eating fat, right? Go, Grandpa. True, your fat. But my grandma was talking when I, after he died, she was talking. I'll never forget this moment. And and she was just sitting there talking, and she talked about how she met my grandfather. She was a clerk in a little store in Neon. Tucking. And she had a part-time job. And she uh, she said she was dating some other fella. And she said, here come the best looking thing she'd ever seen. Walk up to that counter. She said there was a charm. There was something about his voice. She said she never got over him from that moment. She knew. But the weird thing about her telling this story that I why, why I can't let go of this story. It's because after all that pain, between that moment and that story, Neon, and this moment 70 years later when he's been dead, there was a lot of anguish and grief, beatings, yep. abuse, yep. chaos, yep. stress, moving. What's that word that they used to call? I'm trying to think of a word I can say. Uh, Is that a word I'm about to say? Is that a bad word? No, I don't know. know. <laughs> There's so. A lot of stuff went on. Drinking. Womanizing. Come on. And I don't know if she was perfect. I, I know that dad, she was, and maybe she was, and maybe she wasn't herself, but there was a lot went on. But after all that, as she sat there and was in that moment with me, she had a smile and she was looking through me. I promise you there was a twinkle in her eye. And that's what I need you to catch on. That's what Jeannie was talking about two weeks ago. That's what Revelation was talking you got to get this. It didn't look quite the same. But in that moment there was passion in her eyes. That was 70 years old. And there was still a twinkle. She looked past me in that moment. And she was in that moment and she was a little girl in Neon, Kentucky and she saw that man yeah. and her eyes shone. There was still gratitude that the abuse couldn't take from her. That the failures and disappointments did not steal from her. That was, was passion. And you yeah, have passion of different. Grandpa's dead. Even before he died. They moved to different bedrooms. It wasn't that kind of deal. They just old and didn't like didn't, didn't They needed their space, you know. But there was passion there somewhere that remembered that moment in that story neon. And I'm here to tell you, God, to say, what does God do with me? I'm not talking about you and your honey, sweet I'm talking about you and God. There's moments in your life when you look back and you're that girl in that store and there in front of you is the solution that you've been waiting for. And there's your miracle. And you remember that miracle. Have you lost the grateful in your eyes? Have you lost the gratefulness? Have you forgot your miracle? Truthfully, we're walking. Many of us in the miracle we pray for. But but I'm used to that miracle. On, grandma. But we get used to it, don't we? I'm not trying to pick on anybody. And I'm not suggesting they're not grateful. I'm just picking out people that I know their, some of their story. In that hospital, and I know you still got it, that grandma. In that hospital, And they said the widow maker. Come on. I know you haven't forgotten that. You'll never forget that. And if you're 90 years old and God keeps you on this earth that long and you're sitting there, you'll remember that moment when God gave you 50 or whatever some more years he gave you that night. Yes. Yes, yeah. That's right. That day in that prison when you put that impossible prayer request in, and then nothing else mattered. Money didn't matter. I could take every bit of it from you and you wouldn't have me to be right here. in this room man. Come, come on yes 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 Yes. Uh, don't let me jump for your miracle don't let me jump for your Remember, You're in the infatuation stage. Good. Good. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's beautiful. Keep growing. growing. Investing. Investing. Learn to love God when he ain't so. Learn to love God when he left his dirty underwear on the floor or something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not that God does that. But you get what I'm saying. That's mature love. Mature your love has issues. But your love has has financial problems. But your love has heartache. But your love has arguments. But your love has disputes. But your love keeps going and going and going and going and growing and growing. And, growing. and the sparkle do the eye. Yeah. Oh, yeah, at 11 o'clock on the couch with the eye closed, it made. The, the, the world might think the sparkle's out. Dag on the fire's still there. The, still there. the sparkle's still there. The sparkle's still there. Don't let the devil tell you that you're not in love. You show God your love by your gratitude. Show him you're thankful. Show him you appreciate him. Last thing i want to say, I got say, gotta say this, yes, we're done. I'm gonna close the book. Joshua 4 1 and 4, 1 through 4, Blake, Joshua 4 1. Yeah. I'm done. I'm gonna close my notes and everything so I don't look at anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua 4 1. Yeah. Joshua 4 1. We're gonna go all the way through four as I read it. I think it's Odeum there like in grabier. I hope that's (laughs) Odie. Or Lake is going to whoop me. It's Lake. All right, here we go. This is right when the children of Israel who had left a whole generation earlier had left bondage, excited, and they messed up, goofed up, died in the wilderness, died on the journey, and a new generation came and finally, 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 finally crossed in that river. That river they've been to before. And didn't cross. Some of us we've been to the river. Yes. We put our toe in. We walked off. We looked at it. We walked off. We saw the giants. We walked off. They finally crossed it. And Joshua, of Joshua says, when all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, next verse: Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Next verse: Tell them take twelve stones from the very place where the priests were standing in the middle of Jordan, carry them, pile them. Up at the place where you will camp tonight. Next verse. So Joshua called them the twelve men together. He chose one from each of the tribes of Israel. Keep going. He told them, Go in the middle of the Jordan, go in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone, carry it on your shoulder, twelve stones in all, one for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. Next verse. We will all use these stones to build a memorial. Yes. Listen. In the future. Jack. Tell your children. In the future, your children's going to ask you. You know what they're going to ask you? You know what they're going to ask you, Josh? What did this mean, dad? And I can name ways that God has already showed up in your life. And you may not have it perfect yet. I'm not saying there ain't any more giants in the land. It's okay. Be grateful for the giants you have, so. Be grateful for the stones you can stack. And when you show that gratitude, and you walk in that gratitude, there's a generation behind you who see your gratitude and the world. They will see it. Exactly not picking cool. on Lou or Tongue, because they're great athletes in school, but it makes it a good point for this. There's a point in time where everybody gets some, you know, attention. And every now and again somebody will see maybe Tony or Boob and they'll be like, wow man, those guys were awesome, you know. But really, after a while, don't change nothing anymore. Tony don't even know, really change that ring. Don't change nothing The miracles of God brought you through. That's it. Those are the trophies. Yeah. The giant's hands. The way we do. God, is just say, are you grateful for all I've done? There's a million miracles in this room. I could go around and point to you. I know there's heartbreak, too. I know there's problems. There's things happening to you. But we're sitting here, and we're going forward. And we're going forward together. And God says, the best day is yet to come. The best days are yet to come. But give Him gratitude. I, said, I, a preacher, never said what you I think the word God says. Well, when you give Him your gratitude, He's going to change your place like you've never seen before. Thank you for being patient with me. I, I got a late start, give me a little bit. I, I wasn't too off of that, but let me ask you to bow your head me real quick. Thank you so much. I really felt this word. I, I had I don't know. I think if we if we worship to one, I think I've tried to do it one. I just believe that God needed me to give this word. I don't know. Because if anything else I need to hear it. I gotta be grateful! lose our gratitude, we start treating the other person less than they should deserve to be treated. And I've been guilty of that, you've been guilty of that, every human being in this room has been guilty of that. Both in your real life or your, your, your earthly life, your earthly life, and also your spiritual life. You've all been guilty of not being thankful enough to God. And those of you who are in relationships, you've been guilty of that too, not being shown gratitude now. God is challenging you today and asking you, are you thankful to me? You don't have to thank me. He threatens I haven't done anything. And really, I know Dad has invested a lot of the long time and other people in this room, Mom and Jenny and different people, invested time. And that's great. But you don't have to be thankful to any of us. God is asking you today, are you thankful? Do you remember? Let me ask you this first question. We're almost done. Do you remember all the miracles that God says? Do you remember all the miracles I brought? If you're here in this room, you're a miracle. You could have been dead. You know it. There's about a thousand times you shouldn't be here, but you're here. Do you remember the miracles? If that you? Raise your hand right now. Show Him your appreciation. Do you remember the things He's brought you through? Now, put your hands down and ask you this. Are you thankful for these things? Are you thankful for the miracles and things He's brought you you through? Are you thankful for the second and third and fortieth chances? I am. Third question. Are you being honest right now? Are you guilty sometimes of not being thankful enough or not showing your gratitude to Him? Not telling Him or showing Him Can I ask you a question? How do you think it would make him feel if today we were the one that came back and filled his feet? How do you think it would make him feel if today all ten came back to his feet and just threw ourselves down and said, thank you, God. I ain't trying to get all religious today. I ain't trying to just talk. I'm not just trying to talk you into coming to an altar right now. I just want to know—are you thankful? This is this Thanksgiving week, and all this great stuff—that's awesome. Do you feel like maybe today we could show Him, and all ten of us, or all three hundred of us, or however many, two fifty, whatever's in this room? What if we all just came and threw ourselves to speak and said, "I'm thankful to You, Jesus, for all those miracles." I'm going to count to three, and if you would, if you put your hand back up, if you said, if you're one of the ones that said, "I don't always show it," my gratitude. Would you put your hand up right now? Back up. Put it back up. Some of you quit on me. One, two. When I get to three, want everybody to stand. And today, I'm just gonna. invite you to come forward and pour out your gratitude. Fall to speak feet and say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for everything. Three. Come on. Come on. Just all over this room. Just become. Just, just you and him. Just spend time with him. No talking, please. Let's just unless you're praying with somebody, you talk. Come up and just make room. I don't care if there's four rows. Just come up and make room. If you can't squat, because some of you have to stand. If you can't squat, squat. Whatever you want to do. Kneel, stand. Can I get some altar workers, male and female, up here, please? And just keep coming. This is your day to follow his feet. Are you the one of the ten? The one of the nine? That we go on our way and we don't have time to be thankful for all the miracles of yesterday. Let's build a marker today. Let's build a marker today. Let's build a memorial today and let the world see. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. You know God's speaking in your heart. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. If God's speaking, you come. If God's speaking, you come. And if you see somebody God tells you to pray for, make your way and pray for them. I'm going to pray I'm going to let them play softly. We're not not going to break up the service yet because Jason's still going to tell us about the giveaway stuff. But right now, let's just enjoy this moment of thankfulness. Let's make this our thanksgiving to God today, okay? The altar's still still open. Just keep keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming.